You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Hey, good morning. Once again, thank you guys so much for joining us this morning. Uh, We're just so blessed to be able to continue to meet together, even if it's virtually over Facebook Live. Um, We're just excited to be able to continue to share the gospel with you guys. And Logan did such an amazing, amazing job with worship. And I just have to say that I'm so proud to be a part of this ministry leadership team here at Impact Church. I've never been a part of a group that has been so passionate and so worked so hard to make sure that ministry items and discipleship items are available to everyone within the church and beyond the church, the just the church body of Impact Church as well. So they've been working their tails off. I just want to give them uh, a proper thank you. So wherever you're at, I know it might be weird to be in your living room and just clap your hands there, but but do it if that's what you want to do. Throw in a, uh, a hand clapping emoji in the comment section or maybe your favorite GIF um, in the comment section. Let's just give them a hand clap of just of just thank thankfulness. So here we go. All right. Um, just so we know, so you guys know, we absolutely love y'all as a church, as a ministry staff team. We love you guys, and we cannot wait to see you face to face and meet together, uh, joining together in person once again. Hopefully, very soon. All right. So a couple weeks ago, Pastor Dustin introduced a new sermon series, and it's titled "We Over Me." The whole series has been about we as a church, and not just we as Impact Church, but church as a whole. We're called to have a we mindset. We're not. We're no longer people who are working for individual goals or with individual mindsets. We are the body of Christ, and we should be working together in unity for one purpose, and that purpose is the promotion of the good news of the gospel. That's right. The promotion of the good news of the gospel. Here at Impact, we kind of level that down to one saying, we're here for people to know the love of God, to grow in the love of God, and to show the love of God to the world. We just kind of meld it down and mold it down just to that idea. So we that's what we rally around. That's what we're in unity around. So week one, Pastor Dustin, he talked about how God can take literally anyone. He used the slogan, he will turn misfits into missionaries. God, you see it throughout scripture. God takes by human standards, some of the most ridiculous people, and he uses them to share the gospel and to spread his purpose and his will throughout the world. So we learned that in the first week, that God can literally use anyone who is willing to be used. No matter if you found yourself in trouble your whole life or you're just a choir boy, God can use whoever and will use whoever who will surrender their heart to Him. And then last week, Dustin talked about how we are the light of the world. He talked about the fact that we are called to do good works and to live a life that shines the light of Jesus throughout our lives. And those works would in turn give glory to the Father in heaven, right? So that's what that's what we've been diving into through this series. And it's been just an awesome series. I know you all have been blessed. Pastor Dustin has just killed it the past couple weeks. But today we're going to continue that series and we're going to wrap it up today. And today's sermon is better under pressure. Better under pressure. So 
Let me ask this. How many sports fans do we have watching this morning? If you would, go ahead and just comment your favorite sports team, your favorite sports player, whatever you want to do. Throw that in the comment section so we can, so we can see who you guys love. Uh, me personally, man, I love baseball and football specifically. Now, there's a word that's used in the sporting world, especially in baseball and football. I'm uh, all the sporting world. But um, it describes a player who has a tendency to be better under pressure, just like we're talking about today. You know, when the chips are down, when your back's against the wall, it's all or nothing, whatever cliche you need to throw in there, this player steps up and meets that, meets that situation, looks it right in the eye, and overcomes it. And that word is clutch. These players are defined as clutch players. My favorite team in all the sports, no matter what, grew up screaming at the TV with my mom uh, throughout the 90s, and they were great in the 90s, even though they only won one World Series. But my favorite team of all time is the Atlanta Braves. And on our roster, we have this one player for the past few years. His name's Charlie Culberson. And for some reason... For some reason, whenever he comes in to pinch hit late in the game or as a defensive substitution, be it at shortstop, second base, in the outfield, wherever the case is, Charlie seems to find the ball in the hardest of situations. He hits the ball for a double or a homer, and he always puts us in a position to win. Or if he's out in the field, I remember there was one play last season where he was out in left field, which is not his position. It's not where he's typically playing. But he's out in left field. He's being a team player. And I, I believe the tying run for the other team is on third base. And perfect sacrifice fly. Exactly what the batter wanted to do. He hits it to the outfield. And the, the runner at third base tags up, comes home. And Charlie Clutch nails him at home plate. Just hoses him down. And you could see it in Brian McCann. You could see it in his face, the catcher. When he tagged him out, he was so pumped. Charlie Clutch came through, and that's his nickname, Charlie Clutch. He is known to be a clutch player. And then in football, there's Tom Brady. And I know, I understand that people love to hate on Tom Brady. He's been so good for a long, for so long and won so many championships that it's kind of hard to, to really like, unless you're a huge Patriots fan, it's hard to really like someone that just has that much success. And I know there's a battle on whether or not it's him that's great or uh, Coach Bilicek is just an absolute genius. But um, for whatever reason, every single year, it seems when they get in the playoffs, at some point they're going to be down. Mid-third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter, they're going to be down by what seems to be a completely unsurmountable uh, difference. They're going to be down so many points, there's no way they're coming back. But it just seems that every time Tom Brady runs out on that field with his partially deflated football and he gets out there and he starts hitting receivers and hitting receivers and hitting receivers and he leads the Patriots to a victory. Unfortunately, Atlanta Falcons fans understand this all too well. I mean, I love the Braves, but I also love the Georgia Bulldogs. And while, while we've seen some awesome success over the last few seasons, we haven't quite had that that really clutch player. I guess the closest thing that you could have is Rodrigo Blankenship, hot rod as we love to call him. But when your kicker is your most clutch player, that doesn't typically bode well in the highest of leverage situations. 
But we haven't had that clutch um, player. So when we get those really, really high-pressure situations, we haven't been able to really blow through those situations. So we see all those in, in sports. We see the idea of being better under pressure and being in clutch. But we also see that throughout Scripture. You know, like Pastor Dustin talked about, like God will use anyone who is willing to be used. You go back to Moses. Moses was called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and out of slavery. And he got, he got them out, and then he gets to this point where he is in the most pressured situation you can imagine. He's got an ocean, he's got a sea in front of him, and he's got a raging army behind him. There's nowhere to go. You can't imagine much more of a clutch situation or of a, of a high-pressure situation. But they came through. Moses led them through the sea. Now understand this. The reason Moses is so clutch and the reason that we can be so clutch is because we know the end of the story. We know that God is on our side, that God will make a way because God has always made a way for His people. You see, as Christ followers, we have in our possession a peace that will pass all understanding, and we have been defined as sons and daughters of the Most High. So whenever our back's against the wall, just like Moses, we can lean on those things and know that without a shadow of a doubt, God is working through that high-pressure situation. And whatever it is, if we focus on Jesus, we will see victory in whatever form and whatever way that God has that victory for our lives. So this morning, we're going to be in the book of Acts, and we're going to be in chapter 4. So as you turn to Acts chapter 4, I want to kind of set up and lay up the story for us. In Acts 3, we see Peter and John walking up to pray at the temple. So this is after Jesus has been crucified, and then he is returned a few days later. And he spent some time with his disciples, teaching them and, and continuing to just develop them. And then he is ascended into heaven. So, and then after Pentecost as well. So this is after that time, uh, Peter and John, they're heading to the temple. They're going to pray at the temple. And they encounter this beggar. And he's this, he's this dude that is carried to the gates every day. And he he's crippled. He, he can't walk. He's lame. And he just begs. He begs for whatever. He begs for money, for food, whatever it is. And Peter and John, as they're walking up to the temple, they see him and they have pity on him. They reach down and they heal him in the name of Jesus. People see this all around him and they're shocked because they've seen this man forever. They know that he is, he is legitimately crippled. They know that he has, he's been there for so long and just begging and begging. And they're absolutely shocked. And Peter realizes, hey, I have a special moment right now to proclaim the gospel, to tell people about Jesus. So he goes off. He says, why do you guys look at me like we did this? Like we're these weirdos who can just do amazing things. We didn't do this in our name. We did it in the name of Jesus is what he says. You know that guy that you guys chose to murder? That you guys chose a literal killer over when Pilate gave you the choice. You said, we'll take that guy instead of Jesus. Go put him on a cross. Go put Jesus on the cross. You know, that guy that you guys called for the death of, yeah, that's the guy whose name we are proclaiming over this situation. 
It's in his name that we are healing. We are seeing healing come to this man. Then Peter goes on. He says, you guys didn't even fully know what you were doing, though. You didn't understand, but God raised Jesus from the dead after he was crucified. And through him, you can find forgiveness for your wickedness. So, so Peter just laid it all out. He said, you guys, you guys killed this man. And that's the guy's name that we're doing this in. We're doing this in the name of Jesus. You remember him, right? Well, because he died and he overcame death, you guys can find forgiveness for your sins. It is a great message, and we see people respond to it. Peter meets the need and proclaims the gospel in the midst of thousands. And that's where we'll pick up in Acts chapter 4. We're going to be in verse 1. We're going to go through verse 4, and then we're going to kind of break it up here and there. So Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody till the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Then we jump over to verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go aside, or aside of the council, They conferred amongst themselves. So this is the high priest and everyone just kind of talking amongst themselves. And they said, what should we do with these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them, and it is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. We can't deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. From now on, they speak to no man in this name, in the name of Jesus. So they called them in, they commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, and I love this. They said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you decide, you judge, you decide that. For we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, when the Sadducees and priests further threatened them, they let them go finding no way to punish them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done, for the healing of the beggar. And then jump down to verse 31. And when they had prayed, this is after this whole situation, after they were out, when they had prayed, the place which they were gathering together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They had everything in common, Now the full member of those who believed were of one heart and soul. They were unified. And no one said that any of these things belonged, of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Our message today again is better under pressure. We can be better under pressure. Let's pray together this morning. God, we just thank you for your word. And we thank you that because we have full trust in you, that no matter what the situation that arises, we can strive in those situations. Right now we're facing uncertain times, 
but it's an opportunity for the church as a whole, not just impact, but the whole church to thrive. And God, I pray that we in our hearts and in our actions would take advantage of that situation and be the light of the world that we talked about last week. Lord, just loose me this morning to preach your gospel. Let your words be heard, not mine, nothing that I've prepared, but let your word dig through to our hearts this morning and change us. We're going to trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I know that all of that was a lot in way of introduction. There was a lot of scripture, a lot of kind of build up to that. There's three quick things that I really want us to catch out of this that we have to catch on to. Number one, we have to keep our hearts broken for the lost and open for the hurting. I'm going to read that again. We have to keep our hearts broken for the lost and open for the hurting. We see this in this passage. In chapter 3, we see Peter and John heading to the temple, and they see this broken, uh, hurting beggar at the gates. And they have compassion. They reach down and they heal him in the name of Jesus. And then his heart, Peter's heart being open to the hurting as well and broken for the loss, he turns to the crowd and he preaches the gospel. He preaches the gospel to him. We can't lose sight of the fact that there are people that need the church so desperately. There are people that need the church so desperately. All of us need the church, and we all especially need Jesus. We learned back in our series from the book of James, we're called not only to pray for the needs of people, but to reach out and to physically meet those needs as, as diligently as we can. You see, the apostles had just seemingly lost everything. They had been wrongly accused or Jesus had been wrongly accused. He had been crucified. And then that got a ma- then they got a major win when Jesus overcame death and he returned from the grave and was resurrected. Then after hanging out with them for a little while, Jesus ascended into heaven, so he, he left them again. And then they were in limbo until Pentecost came around. So they were on this like roller coaster ride of emotion. They didn't quite know what to do. Many people would have just said, you know what? Forget it. I can't handle this anymore. I can't take this high-pressure situation where we don't even know what's going on half the time. Many people would just throw their hands in the air. But we see that Peter and John, they did not do that. Within the confines of the confusion of everything and, and the roller coaster ride, they didn't do that. They stepped out in power in the name of Jesus, and they met needs for those who had them. And then they preached the gospel. Their hearts were truly broken for the lost. They knew people needed to hear the gospel, that they could find forgiveness through Jesus. But they also knew that they were people that needed to be healed. And they were open for the hurting. So we see that. Number two, we remember that we don't, or that what we do has eternal consequence. Verses 19 and 20. Peter and John answered and said to them, talking to the Sadducees, Whatever's right in the sight, uh, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge that, for we cannot help but speak of the things that we are. This is this is by every measure one of my favorite passages in scripture. This is what they say. 
we can't help but tell the people about Jesus. It's who we are. We have been so affected by Jesus and the work that he's done and the way he has invested in us. We can't help but talk about him. It's in us. It's part of our DNA. We have to speak about Jesus. I think this is the moment that defined church, that defined church history. Because understand this, if Peter and John had stood their ground and defended themselves in light of who Jesus is, had they been under the pressure of that situation, the same people who had just put Jesus on the cross are in this room threatening them to stop speaking in his name. It would have been an easy situation for them to say, yeah, I'm sorry, sir, I won't do that again. But no, they said, this is who we are. They didn't bend in the high-pressure situation. They were better under pressure, and because of that, if they had not done that, we very well may not be able to meet right here on Facebook Live this morning. It was a defining moment in church history. They knew that they were going to be battled against. They were going to be pressured to stop what they were doing. They had just seen the fullness of the execution laid out against Jesus. But regardless of that, just like Jesus, they knew that what they were doing had eternal consequence. If they didn't preach the gospel, there would be people who would die and spend eternity in hell separated from God. They knew that if they weren't better under pressure and didn't hold their ground under pressure, that they were missing the opportunity to see God do amazing things. Listen, we have the same opportunity today, church. We have the same opportunity to see God do amazing things. But we have to understand that what we're doing has eternal consequence. I believe when we understand that, is when we go full in and we understand that whoever we're speaking to, whoever we're talking to about Jesus, how we're living our lives, how we're shining that light that Pastor Dustin talked about last week, it has eternal consequence. We can be better under pressure. We have to keep our hearts broken for the lost and open for the hurting. We have to understand and remember that what we do has eternal consequence. And then finally, the third point is we have to continue to rely on the Holy Spirit. What did they do after they released? They were released. They gathered together and they prayed. Verse 31, they had, and when they had prayed, the place which they were at was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They continued to speak the word with boldness and they had everything in, com- in common. They prayed. And when we pray, understand that what we're doing is we're admitting our full reliance on God. That unless He moves, man, nothing good, nothing worth it's going to happen. That we need Jesus. That's what we're doing. And that's what they did. And if we miss this point, what's going to end up happening is we're just going to fall into this perpetual routine of just consumer Christianity. Last week, Pastor Justin talked about it. And it's where everything begins to revolve around what uh, us. We don't like this music, or we don't like the way the pastor preaches, or we don't like um, the coffee, or, or whatever minuscule reason that we decide to 
to just compound everything down to down to us and our desire and our likes and our comforts. We begin to focus on comforts and amenities rather than our role in the gospel. Listen closely to this. When we cease to rely on the Holy Spirit, we begin to rely on ourselves. And when we rely on ourselves, we only care about ourselves. And when we only care about ourselves, we've missed the entirety of the gospel. I pray that that's not the case for your hearts this morning, for your lives this morning. I pray that you don't miss the gospel. I pray that you're all in, understanding the eternal consequence that, that, and responsibility that we have as Christ's followers. And it's a joy to see these things. Peter and John and the other disciples relied on the Holy Spirit, and this led to great things. They spoke the word with boldness. They had community. They had unity. They saw a number of believers, uh, the number of believers grow at an astounding rate. They saw miracles take place. They saw leaders be developed to take the gospel around not only the region that they were in, but around the world. And we have the same opportunity to see that as well right now. We have to rely 100% on the Holy Spirit because God has to move. And we trust that He will because He has promised that He will. We rely 100% on the Holy Spirit. We remember that what we do has eternal consequence. And we keep our hearts broken for the lost and open to the hurting. So that's my challenge for us this morning, man. Those three things. Keep your heart open for those who are hurting. Keep your heart broken for the lost. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Understand that everything that we do has eternal consequence. It has great purpose. Everything we do is in light of what Jesus did for us. I had a pastor once, he used to always say this, we have to continue to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. Because when we continue to preach the gospel to ourselves, we understand how great Jesus is, and that will overflow in our lives. Every morning when we wake up, we have to remind ourselves of why we need Jesus. And how good he's been to us. So that's my challenge, is is that we do those three things. And if we do those things, we will see God move in a mighty way. I pray that God will define us as clutch one day. But maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, and maybe this is the first time you've kind of heard the gospel spoken and preached, and God's maybe pulling on your heartstrings a little bit. We live for those conversations. I want you to, if that's you this morning, I want you to reach out to us. I want you to go to our website, impactharlem.org slash connect and fill out that connection card, that virtual connection card, or send us a message on uh, on Facebook right here. Um, And we want to follow up with you. We want to connect with you. We want to have that conversation. It's what we're here for. We're here for the furtherance of the gospel. So, so connect with us, and we are going to make sure we have that conversation and we continue that discussion around what's got, what God is doing in your heart. Listen, I love you guys, the staff here. We absolutely love you. We can't wait to meet again in per- person. But, uh, but this morning, I pray that God has blessed you and that we can go out and strive in pressure situations. Let me pray for us real quick. God, just thank you for this morning. I pray that we would just 
when we come upon these pressure situations, these high leverage situations, that we would have the audacity of Peter and John to say, this is who we are. We can't help but live and speak and teach and live a life in light of who you are and what you've done for us. God, I pray that we would have boldness as we go out, that we would truly shine the light of the gospel. And Lord, I pray that as we live our lives, we would live in a community mindset. We over me every single time. Lord, we live for the gospel, and I pray that would be true in our hearts. So Lord, take us as we go and utilize our lives for your glory and your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.